have you decided what format you'll use for your coaching? Things like this are little, but important. There are trade-offs to all three real-time methods, in person, on webcam, or simply by phone. For the sake of this episode, I'm not going to talk about coaching online through writing. While I have coached some through writing, it's my belief that real coaching is done in real time, where you and your client can hear each other and respond. Of course, what format you decide to use for your coaching comes down to your client's personal preference. Or should it? Some coaches are inclined to do whatever their client chooses for many aspects of their business, but I encourage you to set up and operate your business in a way that's best for you, or it can become cumbersome. Nobody wants that, and it can affect your attitude about your work and clients if your business is not set up to your preferences. There's a whole mindset around that, which I'll dig into first before I get into details about these different formats of coaching. Find the full transcript for episode 213 at prosperouscoach.com slash 213. You're listening to Prosperous Coach Podcast, a free resource for new coaches since 2018, created by me, Rhonda Hess. I have a talent for breaking complex things into easier steps, and I love helping you choose a smart coaching niche and launch your business with confidence. I began mentoring coaches in 2006 after five years of training coaches at Coach Training Alliance, where I designed the certification program. Subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a thing, and don't forget to go back to the earliest episodes for incremental learning. Now, let's roll this episode. Hey coaches, you may not have gotten into coaching because you want to be an entrepreneur, but if you've started a coaching business, you are an entrepreneur and it's important to take up that mantle. What I mean is that if you want to succeed financially and for the long term in coaching for your own business instead of somebody else's business, there is a mindset to learn and grow into. Think of your business as an entity something that needs your ongoing commitment, awareness, and then strategic thought and action. You need to mind your business. I was talking to a new client the other day and could tell from what she was sharing that she hadn't yet thought of herself as the CEO of her business, and this is not unusual. She was thinking like a coach, but not minding her business yet. It's evident in things like letting clients set their own prices and other terms for working with you. That looseness can snowball into a habit that keeps you from earning well as a coach. And it's actually not a good feeling to be too flexible. You think you're helping your clients, but really to them and you, it feels like you're all over the place, not focused or serious about your career. It's exhausting and coaches operating like this soon come to know that something isn't right. Also, know that the energy you put out and the way you put it out into the world creates your future. If your current clients got low pricing and call all the shots, then when they tell others about you, those new clients will expect the same. Even if your coaching is stellar, 
This can become a way that you hold yourself back. Operating loosely is just postponing your financial success. By the way, I've published several episodes about pricing at prosperouscoach.com money. Now, there's nothing wrong with experimenting early on with how you coach, how you price, and do other things for your business. But be sure that you're attentive to the various results, not just your clients' results, but also your business's results. Test and tweak. Aim to settle into an intelligent rhythm with what you're doing as soon as you can. And look, I totally get it. There's this lightness to the idea of coaching. You may not be all that interested in the business side of things. When you're with clients, you know, that loose way is the winning way. To be open, unattached, go with the flow, but still, of course, hold boundaries. When you're attracting clients with the intention of earning a living, you'll do better if you make strategic decisions. Stand behind them. Show consistently and professionally. See, decisiveness builds credibility. And credibility is a fascinating thing. How do you earn it? And you do have to earn it one way or another. Most coaches think that's through credentials and more and more training. And sure, that's one way. But the kind of credibility I'm talking about is more about how you show up in your business. What do your actions convey? Words and actions speak miles about you. You can actually gain significant credibility without formal training and credentials just by the way you show up. Find an episode about this very thing at prosperouscoach.com slash 160 or scroll to episode 160 on your favorite podcast app for Prosperous Coach Podcast. So as soon as you can, after launching your coaching business, settle into a smart, strategic way to do everything and gain credibility. So let's dig into these three formats of coaching. Number one, in-person coaching. Before the pandemic, Many of my clients who were brand new to coaching assumed they would conduct coaching face-to-face. After all, it's the model of therapists, right? And coaching is kind of like therapy. When I started as a coach, I made this assumption. I thought I'd be having clients into my home office, and that would surely be the best way to coach. But I estimate that in-person coaching takes an extra 20 minutes of time, maybe more, And there's three reasons for this. First, there's the lapse of time if the client doesn't show up on time due to traffic or car trouble or forgetting. (laughs) There's the time to get settled, take off the coat, get a drink, possibly use the bathroom. And then there's the reverse of that before they leave. And you may feel you need to have an outside office, which is an additional overhead that reduces your profits. Also, you can only have a regional business if you coach in person, and that does restrict you in some ways. Now, one of my past clients, Shauna Warner of Cultivating Resilient Teens, has a very successful business helping parents with teenage daughters. Her business is regional and referral-based, and she has a certain style of work that she does with teens that makes sense for it to be in person. You might have a target audience and niche like that. The second way is coaching on web camera. 
you know, I'm talking about Zoom or something like that. With the pandemic, many businesses, of course, shifted to using Zoom for meetings. And I know a lot of coaches who love this format for coaching. It allows them to have an international business, which is helpful for earning well and fun. And also, they like to see the expression and body language of their clients. Yeah, who wouldn't? But I will tell you, this isn't my format of choice for a few reasons. You know, after an initial hello, my client and I don't tend to look at each other much. We both like to take notes in the session. Then there's the frequent disruptions, which drive me crazy and which are not good for coaching. If you and your client don't have consistent top speed internet, then calls can get dropped repeatedly. The audio and visual can get off track and that's annoying. And then things happen visually in the background that can be hugely distracting. I had one client I tried Zoom coaching with, and her kids were running around, the dog was jumping up, the cat and dog were fighting. You know, there were just so many things going on that if we were just on a phone call, I wouldn't have to see, and it wouldn't distract either one of us quite so much. The other thing about me is I'm an introvert, and for me, I lose energy being on camera. And I think my clients lose out because of that. That may not be your case. So you may decide that being on camera for your coaching calls is just the absolute best way to go. Number three is coaching by phone. After my first year of coaching, I shifted to offering only phone coaching. I've been doing this for 23 years, y'all. For me, there are no disadvantages because I have finely tuned my listening. I can hear what I can't see, expression, body language, through their voice. And that cues me to ask a powerful question about what I'm hearing. Occasionally, I have a client ask for a Zoom session and I explain about why I prefer not to. And if I find that they're just really disappointed, I say, okay, look, we'll have an initial session on Zoom so we can picture each other in future phone calls. Without exception, every client that I have done that with has told me that they do not miss being on camera or having to hassle with the technology, and they get just as much out of the call without the camera. And you can have an international business. I have people call me through WhatsApp who are not in my country. And that works beautifully. It doesn't cost anybody anything. And the quality of the call is really high. So what's your favorite format for coaching and why? Stay inspired and make things happen. Thanks for listening today. You are awesome. And it's time for your coaching audience to know that. If you're getting value from this podcast, please share it with other coaches. Your kindness will come back to you. Learn more about how I help coaches choose a smart niche and launch with confidence at prosperouscoachblog.com. Joel Bass wrote my theme music. Thanks, Joel.